your Bibles tonight and turn with me, if you would, to the book of Numbers in chapter 20. Numbers in chapter 20. And our text is going to be taken in Numbers chapter 20, uh, beginning at verse 14 down through 17. Numbers in chapter 20 and verses 14 Uh, through 17. Let's stand together, please, for the reading of the Word of God. As you find your place there, stand and join us. We have these four verses. Let's read all four of them together in unison. And we have uh, Kadesh mentioned here and King of Edom mentioned mentioned here. And uh, if we can get those words, we can get the rest of them surely. Numbers chapter 20, verses 14 through 17, and reading aloud together. Ready? And Moses sent messengers from Kadesh unto the king of Edom. Thus saith thy brother Israel, Thou knowest all the travail that hath befallen us, how our fathers went down into Egypt, and we have dwelt in Egypt a long time. And the Egyptians vexed us and our fathers. And when we cried unto the Lord, he heard our voice And sent an angel, and hath brought us forth out of Egypt. And behold, we are in Kadesh, a city in the uttermost of thy border. Let us pass, I pray thee, through thy country. We will not pass through the fields or through the vineyards, neither will we drink of the water of the wells. We will go by the king's highway. We will not turn to the right hand nor to the left until we have passed thy borders." Now the Edomites were descendants of Esau, and so this was these were kinfolk, uh, extended family, maybe you might say. And Moses is leading uh, the people of God uh, in the will of God, and I like what they call that. They call it the King's Highway. There, verse number seventeen, the King's Highway. Uh, and uh, uh, but here's what he said along our way. Notice the end of verse number seventeen. He said, we will go by the king's highway. We will not turn to the right hand nor to the left until we have passed thy borders. We find that phrase several times through the scriptures. And the Bible compels upon our hearts not to turn to the right nor to the left. Uh, I I don't know about you, but I want to finish well. The apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy right before he uh, getting close to going to heaven, and he said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Amen. I fought, I've finished, and I kept. Henceforth, there's later for me a crown of righteousness. I want to speak to you tonight on the subject how to stay on track. How to stay on track. Heavenly Father, bless these simple thoughts to the hearts and minds of your people. Lord, we want to finish well. We don't want to turn to the right. We don't want to turn to the left. We want to stay on the King's Highway. And uh, be many things that come into our life to deter us, to discourage us. But help us tonight, by God's grace, to stay on track. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. And you may be seated. You've heard me tell this, I know, but uh, Bamboo Garden used to be right there on 64 next to the hotel right by, right by the bypass, which is down interstate. And... Brother Hatch was uh, in his briefcase, opened up uh, the, uh, the, the door, or the trunk, I think it was the trunk, 
and it was in his briefcase, and he pulled out a stapled, uh, numbers of papers stapled together, and it was a list. It was a mail list, uh, apparently, and names of uh, churches and addresses and so forth filled numbers of pages. And I, I asked him, I said, uh, Brother Hatch, is that the churches that you preach at? Uh, he said, yes, it is. And I said, wow, that's a lot of churches. He said, oh, no, this is just a few hundred churches. He said, it used to be a few thousand churches that I preached at. I said, really? He said, yes. I said, well, what happened? And uh, he said three things. The music, the standards, and the soul winning in that order. That's what he said. The music, the standards, and the soul winning in that order. He said, many of the churches, I couldn't go back to. I couldn't go back to them. We don't believe this. We're not on the same page anymore. I couldn't sit through the service and listen to their music. He said, a bunch of them wouldn't have me back. And he said, sadly, uh, quite a few of them don't even exist anymore. I remember uh, Dr. Williams when he said something very similar. The, the same three tenets. He said it a different way. When in discussion of this same matter. I heard him also say, maybe you've heard him say too. At, uh, at, uh, in his late 80s, he said, I'm on my fifth set of friends. I thought, boy, you make your friends mad a lot, I guess. But a friend love it at all times, right? But here's what he said. I'm on my fifth set of friends. And we've discussed that before. Basically what he's saying is, if you just keep on doing the same thing over and over again, over and over again, and just stay put and stay where you ought to be, and folks fall, uh, fall off the wagon, so to speak, or get off track, uh, then God gives you new friends. Amen? Along the way. Hey, listen, there's always somebody who wants to do right. Amen? In the man of God, twice he told the Lord, he kept repeating himself, he said, I'm the only one. And, and God shook the mountain, you know. And he just, and, uh, came talking. He said, I'm the only one. And uh, God didn't even address his complaint, uh, except sort of uh, in, a, in a little uh, uh, off-the-cuff remark. He said, oh, by the way, uh, while you're down there to anoint these men, I've told you to anoint, just keep in mind there's 7,000 who haven't bowed. Amen. Uh, we're not the only ones. Amen. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, there's so those who have finished and fought the fight and kept the faith and finished their course and did not turn to the right hand and did not turn to the left hand. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to do. Amen. I, I just want to finish well. Amen. I want to finish well. I want to finish the way by God's grace, the way I begin. This is not a complicated message. It's a simple message. Uh, but these are musings from my heart in thinking about that desire. Can I say this? You want to stay on track, number one. <clears throat> you stay on track the way you got on track. You stay on track the way you got on track. Amen? You stay on track the way you got on track. Uh, uh, you know, I got saved in 1979. I got saved in 1979. Actually, come on up. Maybe you can find your seat. There's a lot of seats right there. And somebody be glad to have you there. Good to see you tonight, man. But you, you, we, we, we stay on track the way we got on track. Amen? We stay on track the way we got on track. I got saved in 1979. I had, I had prayed with my aunt as a little, little time. I had been baptized. That was sincere. Uh, she was sincere. I was sincere. But I did not have an understanding of myself as a sinner before a holy God and, and, and deserving of hell. And you know, at least if you're not sick, you don't need a doctor. And if you're not on your way to hell, you don't need saving. 
Amen. We ask questions, are you 100% sure if you died to go to heaven? Maybe we ought to ask, have you ever been 100% sure you were on your way to hell? Because you got to know you're on your way to hell before you can trust him to save you. Amen. Uh, if you're not on your way to hell, you don't need to save you from anything. Anyway, but I came to understand that several years later. And, uh, and that's when uh, my dad took me aside and showed me the gospel. And I trusted Christ alone as my Savior. And I believed uh, him and his grace to forgive me and save me and save me for all of eternity. Amen. Now, that's the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Men are lost. Uh, uh, men are sinners. And as sinners, we're lost and under the condemnation of sin, which is eternal death and hell. But Jesus came and, and took our condemnation, took our judgment, took the wrath of God on the cross of Calvary, paid for our sins on the cross. Amen. Rose from the dead three days later. His payment is sufficient. And if I put my trust in Jesus Christ and his payment, I could be forgiven Forever, amen. Now that's the gospel, amen. Listen, that's the simple gospel. It's simple enough a little child can understand it, amen. Now listen, I got on that gospel track in 1979. Choo, choo, choo. I'm gonna stay on the track, amen. I'm gonna stay on the track. Yeah, we don't need some new new light. We don't need to, some some other way. There's one gospel, amen. And Paul wrote the church of Corinth and said, it's a death, it's a burial, it's a resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's the simple gospel. Amen. Listen, you know why, you know why, people, you know why people want to complicate the gospel? Because they quit telling it to sinners. When Christians sit around and talk about the gospel and talk about the plan of salvation, it's incredible how complicated it can become when people who are educated in the word of God sit around and talk about something. But when you go out and find a sinner, let me see if I can find a sinner. Here's a good one. Right? When you go find a sinner who doesn't know the plan of salvation, like the young man, 24 years of age this morning, he did his hand a little bit like that and the invitation back down. I caught him in the hall before he left. He came back in here and knelt down the back row and asked Christ to save him. Amen. Amen. Now listen, when you're telling somebody who doesn't know doesn't know the doctrines and doesn't know the plan of salvation upside down, inside and out, then what you have to do is you have to keep it simple. Listen, the Bible said, <laughs> I need to pray over this system here. The Bible says, get me another microphone. <laughs> Let's see if Calvin can do it. I still remember what the Bible says, don't you worry. We have a winner. All right. <laughs> The Bible says, except you become as a little child, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. Is that right? Except you become as a little child, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. That means a little child could understand the gospel. Is that right? Can, can a little child understand the gospel? Yes or no? Well, you don't, listen, you don't win a little child of Christ by saying, now, beloved, you are under the condemnation of God's judgment. And you must be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And uh, you must understand uh, that Christ was our propitiation. And you must understand uh, that uh, you can only be justified by the grace of God. Now, you try to witness a little kid like that, he's going. Now, here's what I'm saying. Listen, 
people complicate the gospel. You know why? Because they're not sharing the gospel. They're not, they're not sharing the gospel. We, we had a service over at the Claps Nursing Home about five or six years ago. And, uh, and Brother Gary Mason, uh, who, who had, uh, he, he was working there uh, at uh, Claps at the time. He had retired as our police chief, as you remember. And he was a good man, loved the Lord, loved so. And, um, and, and I was preaching in a service. And, and right next door, I didn't know to it, but right next door was a 94-year-old man. And, I, and the doors open. I was preaching. Just going down the hallway. And when the, when I finished the service, he uh, brother Gary Mason came and he said, "Pastor," he said, "There's a man in here. He's under conviction. Can you let's go talk to him? Let's witness to him." And went in. And here's this 94 year old man, and and uh, he 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 was uh, he couldn't read or write. He worked hard his whole life. Had a huge bruise on the side of his face where he had fallen and wound up in a nursing home. And come to find out, his his granddaughter had taken him there uh, uh, just a day or two before this, and had prayed and prayed for years for her grandpa to get saved. And she had knelt down, literally, she had knelt down on her knees and and pled with her grandpa to get saved. And he's under conviction. I mean, this 94-year-old man is just weeping. And I, I went through the gospel with him, and, and he, he wasn't grasping it. <laughs> I backed up, and I tried my best to simplify it. And he, he wasn't grasping it. And I, I said, Lord, please help us. He was obviously under conviction. I said, sir, do, have you done wrong? Do you sin? Yes, yes. I said, do you need forgiveness? Yes. I said, well, Christ died for your sins. He's the only one that can forgive you. I said, do you want to be forgiven? He said, Lord, forgive me. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Man, he started praying a sinner's prayer and I had cold bumps, uh, uh, chill bumps running down my spine all over my legs and all down my arms. And that 94-year-old man wept a little while in front of Calvary and then a big smile came breaking across his face. Amen. Oh, listen, my listen, listen, you, you know, you, we, I was talking to a preacher the other day, and he was talking about a uh, young preacher the other day, and we got, got talking on the subject of Calvinism, you know, and how he didn't believe it. He said, can, can I help you? Listen, can I help you? Uh, good doctrine always results in good practical Christian living. Amen. I don't presume to know everything about the gospel and salvation. I believe the Bible's an inexhaustible book. Amen. But you know what will help you to keep your doctrine straight? Practice uh, what's in that book right there. Amen. Let me tell you something. Folks that want to complicate the gospel, you know what will help you keep the gospel simple? Take those little knuckles right there and go out and find you some doors and take those little knuckles and knock on those little doors or you can ring the little, uh, uh, little, little bell yesterday. Bing, ring, and smile for the camera. Uh, but you can get back out and house to house and door to door and everywhere as he did the book of Acts and tell the gospel, tell the gospel, tell the gospel. Amen. Listen, I don't, want, I don't want to get off that track. I don't want to get off the soul winning track. That's how I got saved. Amen. That's how I got saved. I don't want to get off the track. I don't, I don't, I was, well, I, we, I believe in uh, uh, people, 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 they take jabs. At personal soul winning. Take jabs at aggressive personal confrontational soul winning. Sometimes, I heard it's been a while since, but uh, in, in years past, I've talked about, talk about easy believism. I always want to ask somebody, nobody ever said it to me personally, but I always want to ask somebody, wait for somebody to say that to me personally. I want to say, uh, as opposed to what? Hard believism? 
How about just plain old believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. How about just believe? I don't know. So if it's hard, if it's hard, that makes it more genuine. I don't know how hard, easier, hard, easier. I just know this. I know a little child can understand it. Amen. I know an eight-year-old boy can understand it. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, my dear friend, listen, I want to stay on the track. I want to stay on the track. By the grace of God, if the trumpet blows tomorrow or a year from now or five years or ten years from now, by God's grace and he lets me continue to shepherd this church, I got news for you, this is the track we're on. The track is everywhere, in house to house, in the highways and in the hedges, in the streets and in the lanes. We're going to pass out gospel track. I gave the lady gospel track today at the at the, uh, uh, at the cash register I, I hand her gospel she goes it's my second one I said praise God somebody's doing their job amen somebody's doing their job I remember knocking on doors 28 years ago and going up doors and, 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 and uh, uh, knocking on doors and, and you could tell the look on somebody's face and I would say I'm not a Jehovah Witness the Jehovah Witness now say I'm not from Bailey's Grove uh, I don't know if that's true or not but and I was going down Sunset Avenue. This is over a year ago. Going down Sunset Avenue, and the Holy Spirit touched my heart. And, uh, and the guy's walking down right down the side of the road and uh, hit the little button, rolled the window down, and said, Hey, buddy, let me give you something. He said, Bailey's Grove, right? I said, Yes, sir. <laughs> now, now, listen. I, I, listen. I, 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 that's just what we're supposed to do. Amen? That's just what we're supposed to do. We ought to go to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Amen? And that's the track we're on. We're going to stay by God's grace. We're going to stay on that track. Amen? I got on the surrender track in 1985. Tenth grade boy, sitting in a camp on the back row with my buddies, trying to act like we weren't interested, except the Holy Spirit had captivated my mind and heart. And I was miserable. I knew I wasn't where I needed to be with the Lord. And I got out of my seat and I walked to the front up there, took my stick, threw it on the fire, turned to the microphone and said, I got to get some things right. I got to live for the Lord. If you want to be my friend, that's great. If not, that's okay too. But that's what I got to do. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. Young people, don't get off the surrender track. Old people don't get off the surrender track. Middle-aged folks don't get off the surrender track. Amen. My life belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, and He deserves my all. Amen. He deserves my all. I, don't want, to, I want to stay on the track. You, you stay on the track the same way you got on the track. Amen. I grew up in an independent fundamental uh, Baptist church, but quite frankly, as a kid, and as well, I didn't really understand a whole lot what about that meant. But God let me go to a good Bible college and sit under a great man of God and, 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 and listen to great preaching and hear good Bible teachers. And, and I, I should have before this. I, and by the way, by the way, I would venture to say that the young people that are in this youth group right here and, 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 and that, that are growing up in, 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 uh, in this youth group right here, most of you, most of you, because of the privileges God has given you and those who've invested in you and those who've taught you in so many ways in your Christian life are light years ahead of where your leaders were when we were your age. And may I remind you, to whom much is given, much shall be required. But I decided by, God, by God's grace, uh, I, I said, by conviction. Now, I was, I was an independent Baptist my whole life. But something that happened to me as a young man. I remember, I remember. <laughs> when I went to Bible college, I'll just say this. I was cute. I had cute clothes and a cute hairdo. 
Do you remember that? And I was a big fish from a little pond. You keep out of my preaching. And you know what? Man alive. I got under some preaching. And my, my fur started standing up. And, and, and I mean, and, and I had uh, not, just my, not just my pastor's preacher, but I'm talking about others. Man, it seemed like every time I turned around, I got preached. I got preached at by my peers. Preached that in chapel. Preached that in church. And I, I, I was... Mm, mm. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. I see you in church. Mm, mm. And I listen, I remember... At about I was nearly through my first semester, and I remember getting off a bus on Sunday night. We had taken all the young people back. We pick up the teenagers on Sunday afternoon, take them back to church on Sunday night. Of course, we ran the buses all morning, and then we load up teenagers, take them back on Sunday night, and go to Sunday night church. And then we drive all the way back another 45, 50 minutes back to the city to drop those teenagers off. And then we'd all load up on a bus, and all the preacher boys would load up on a bus, and the preacher boys would preach to each other. Now, I'm not sure how it's doctrinally correct or not, but it was sure good for me. <laughs> uh, Help humble me. I needed to be preached to. And I, I, quite frankly, I was a little bit like, I know better than a lot of this. And the Holy Ghost convicted me. And the Holy Ghost said to me, he said, now listen, did you come to learn or not? And I remember <clears throat> getting off one of those buses, probably 11 o'clock at night, and going off out into the woods by myself and getting along with God. And I said, God, I'm proud and I know it. I'm full of pride and I know it. And I know you'll never be able to use me if I don't get rid of it. And I want to be teachable. I want to learn and grow. I don't want to be a smart aleck. I want to learn and grow. And I made a conscious decision in my life. I was still 18 years old. I turned 18 in July, I went to Bible college in the fall. And an 18-year-old man, I said, you know what? I'm going to open my mind, my ears, and my heart. You're doing, there's no doubt about it. You're doing a great work in this place where I am. Where you have is a great work being done. And I need to learn. And that changed everything about my experience. That changed everything. I, 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 you know what I found out? I found out that being an independent soul winning separated King James Bible even Baptist isn't just something preachers say because they have something to fill in I figured out I realized it's biblical I, I, I believe it's King James Bible is a preserved word of God amen inspired preserved word of God amen I believe it's pure amen I believe that I believe that I've come to that conviction on my own I believe personal soul winning is sharing the gospel I believe that's biblical I believe it's biblical I believe that the fundamental doctrines of the faith, that word fundamentals used and, 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 and used in derision just simply means foundation. You can be a fundamental Muslim. You can be a fundamental Catholic. You can be a fundamental Mormon. It just so happens that I believe the Bible, and that makes me a Baptist, and I'm a fundamental Baptist. Amen? I believe the foundational truths of this book, and I believe if you'll study this book, it'll make you a Baptist. I don't think that makes me better. I just think it makes me biblical. Amen? 
And I came to understand that, understand God's word. And God began to grow that conviction in my heart. And I, and, and I began to see it in God's word. And God brought me to that place in 1988 and 89 and 90 in those four little years of my training. And God brought me to that place. And I believe God put me on that track. It wasn't my dad's track anymore. It wasn't just my mama's track anymore. God put me on the track. By his grace, I'm going to stay on the track. <laughs> Amen. We're not taking Baptists off the sign. We're not going to call it uh, lift. We're not, we're not, no, we're not going there. We're not taking this modesty wall out. We're not taking the pianos out. We're not taking the box over there out. We're not doing that. We're not getting rid of the hymns. No, sir, we're not doing that. We're not canceling Sunday night church service. Huh? No, sir. We're not canceling Sunday school. We're not getting rid of the buses. We still go on the lanes, the streets, the highways, the hedges to compel them to come in. Amen. We're still going to consider the poor. Listen, my dear friend. Hey, listen, we're on this track. We're going to stay on the track. By God's grace, we're going to stay on the track. Now, if you decide to do something different, you help yourself. There's a lot of churches out there that love to have somebody who will roll up their pants and show the hairy legs and sit on a stool and get a latte and some skinny pants and, uh, and an NIV and some rock and roll songs and have a quote-unquote worship service. Sorry. <laughs> You're welcome. Listen, we need to stay on track. Amen? We need to stay on track. Listen, moms and dads, I love you. You got little ones, and they, they're challenging when they're little. But when they become teenagers, stay on track. Stay on track. Stay on track. Hey, Dad, stay on track. Keep your spirit right, Dad. How can you expect your kids to have a good spirit if you don't get your spirit right, Dad? Stay on track, Dad. Mama, stay on track. When, when those, those kids come up and, listen, God forbid, I know some of you carry broken hearts in here tonight. I understand. I don't want to touch that sore spot unnecessarily. But as, as our kids grow and go out into adulthood and begin to make their own decisions, let me tell you something. What, what is right is right. If I stop preaching something in this book because it might hurt somebody's feelings over here, somebody's feelings over here, somebody's feelings over here, I'm not worth my salt. I'm supposed to preach the whole counsel of God. If it was right a decade ago, it's still right tonight. It's still right tonight. And, and listen, this thing of being a fun, that's not, it's just like, oh, it's, that was a fad, and that's, that fad's gone. No, sir, it's biblical. It's biblical. It's biblical. This book right here is our foundation. Number one, stay on track the way you got on track. Number two, you want to stay on track. Number two, do the things you did when you knew you had to do them. Do the things you, you did when you knew you had to do them. Turn to Psalm 73 with me, please. Turn to Psalm 73 with me. Psalm 73. I'll tell you how to stay on track. Now, now this, this doesn't, 
This grieves my soul. It breaks my heart. But it doesn't rattle me. It doesn't rattle me. Jesus Christ looked at his closest disciples and he said, Will ye also go away? It said, Many forsook him and fled. It grieves my heart, it grieves my soul. And I think about so many that I love that walked with God and served God, and I'm nobody's judge, but they're not actively serving the Lord today. That grieves my soul, but it doesn't rattle my soul. It doesn't rattle my soul. What I would say to those who say, I want to stay on track, then you be sure to do the things you did when you knew you had to do them. In Psalm 73, the Bible said, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, listen to what he says, My feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. The psalmist said, There was a time where I almost lost everything. My feet were just about out from under me. I just about slipped and fell. I got so close. Go over to the book of Proverbs for a moment and look at chapter 5. Proverbs in chapter number 5. And look what the wise man wrote. He said in verse number 14, I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly. I was almost in all evil. Where? Out in the world? No. Right smack dab in the middle of the things of God. I was right in the middle of the congregation and I came that close almost in all evil. Listen, do you remember those times of desperation? Do you remember when you were in your Christian life one step from disaster? Do you remember in your Christian life when you were about to lose everything and your feet were almost gone and you were almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation? Do you remember uh, when uh, a handful, you were a handful of demerits from getting kicked out of the Christian school? Do you remember perhaps when you were on probation at work? Do you remember those times uh, of desperation when you absolutely had to get something out of the Bible and you had to get your prayers answered and there's no way you could miss a service. It was feeding your soul. It was keeping you alive. You were on spiritual life support. Your feet were almost gone from under you. You just about slipped. You just just about lost it all. Hey, listen, you want to stay on track? You do those things you did when you had to do them. When you were in a desperate place and you needed God more than anything in all the world. Number three, you want to stay on track? You see your sin as you did when you were broken by it. See your sin as you did when you were broken by it. In Psalm 51, 17, the Bible tells us that a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. Listen to me. I'm talking about young people. I'm talking about adults. I'm talking about every one of us. Let me start with the young people. Young people, you got a little, you got a little situation. 
You, you, you went behind your parents' back, you went behind leadership's back maybe. You got yourself a little situation. You had to be disciplined. You found grace. God's people loved you. And, and you got through that. And, and, and nobody's uh, blackballed you. Nobody's holding that over your head. We're pulling for you. And, and we're, and we're, and we're, we're, we're uh, uh, cheering for you. And we're praying for you. We want you to go on for Christ. Listen, don't you forget. Don't you forget. Don't you forget. You slip once, you can slip again. You see your sin as you did when you were broken by it. Don't listen. Uh, Old Testament said, remember the pit from whence thou art digged. Let me, let me get my own pit. Don't forget that pit in your stomach. Don't forget that feeling that sin gave you when it tried to destroy you. Number four, you want to stay on track? Be as faithful as you were when you were desperate. Be as faithful as you were when you were desperate. Remember when your relationship was in a crisis? Remember perhaps when you had a health crisis and you were crying out to God and begging God and on your knees perhaps? Remember when you had to be in every service? No way in the world, no way in the world you could miss. You just, you just, Sunday, your, your cup got full and you got some bread and you got refreshed and you got some help, but it's just like you almost couldn't make it to Wednesday because Wednesday night, you're going to get fed again. You had to have something. I mean, you were desperate and, 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 and you said, I can't miss anything and, and you were wishing we have some special service between Wednesday and, and, and Sunday and if there was something special, you're going to surely be there and, and because you were at a place in your life where you knew that you needed God, I would say to you to stay on track you be as faithful as you were when you were desperate the truth is this listen we all desperately we need God amen the church got in a bad place in revelation because they were naked and poor and blind and they thought they were fat and full we don't need anything let me tell you something my dear friend we need God as much as we've ever needed him in our lives amen and we ought to be as faithful as we were when we were in desperation number five we ought to pray as much as we did when we could see no way through. We should pray as much as we did when we could see no way through. Do you remember when God brought you through that crisis? Do you remember when you were begging God and you were on your face? Do you remember some of those hallowed places where in brokenness you went and you wept before God and you bared your face in a, in, a, in a carpet or buried your face in a clump of grass somewhere when you lay prostrate in some, in some, uh, 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 in some fallen leaves do you remember where you were when you went to the closet, your closet, and you shut the door and you were alone with God and you needed God and you sought God and you cried out to God? If you want to stay on track, listen, don't you get to the place where I can, I can hit and miss the Christian life. I can hit and miss my Bible. I can hit and miss my prayer. I can hit and miss Sunday school. I can hit and miss my service. I can hit and miss a, a church a little here and there. I can hit and miss my prayer time. No, sir. You be as faithful as you were when you were desperate and you pray as much as you as you did when you could not see any other way through you know you know my stories but I, my dad told me when I was 18 years old son I don't think you ought to buy that car it's your money you can spend it however you want to but I wouldn't recommend it and it was a nice car too I think I'll have one in the millennium but anyway but I, I went against his advice and I bought the car, 
And, and I think it was within the first semester, I had three fuel pumps until somebody finally took the gas tank off and figured out somebody had poured sand down the gas tank. By that time, I didn't have no money to fix it. Couldn't afford it. So I parked it. Nice car. Then it had a flat tire. It's hard to look cool in a nice car with a flat tire and the car won't go anywhere. But God used that foolish decision and hit me over the head with that nice car time and time again my freshman year in Bible college. But it put me in a place of desperation. I went to God time and time again as an 18-year-old kid. I said, God, I know I was wrong. I know I was wrong. And I should have done it. And I, I didn't take my dad's advice. And I was so unwise. And I was foolish. And I know that. I can't go back on it, Lord. But I still want to serve you. And I, I want to finish. And I, I don't want to. I, I need your help. I need your help. I don't have any money. I can't pay my bill. And I was working. And, and good night. The job situation. I got laid off. Got laid off just one thing after another. I was doing odds and ends. You talk about you talk about humbling, size selling candy bars. I'm a college student. I stay on the street corner, sell candy bars, pay my college bill. Help my ego. <laughs> you know what God did? He came through for me. And God used my stupidity and my rebellion. And he taught me how to pray. Amen. Do you remember when God taught you how to pray? Do you remember when you were in a place like Gideon was? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands against 300. And you knew you had to have God. Like Moses was at the Red Sea. Like Joseph was in a pit and in jail. Like David at Ziklag and Abraham when he went against the kings of Sodom. Do you remember those times where the odds were against you? And you had to have divine intervention. You remember when you made those commitments to the Lord? You said, God, you get me through this. I'm going to. Remember those commitments? It's time to go back and make good. Then lastly, I want to stay on track. Trust God like you did when you had no one else to turn to. Trust God like you did when you had no one else to turn to. Where could I go? Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to help me in the end. Where could I go but... To the Lord. That's a good place to be. Amen. When you get to the place where God is all you have. That's when you find out he's all you ever needed. David said in Psalm 22. Trouble is near. There's none to help. In Psalm 142. The psalmist said I looked to my right. There was no man. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. He said in Psalm 31. 11, I was a reproach to my enemies. I was mocked and despised by by my enemies. Then he said this, but especially by my neighbors. My neighbors mocked. I was a reproach to my neighbors. I was a fear to mine acquaintances. People that were friendly to me, they wouldn't speak to me. They were afraid to speak to me. Folks that would see me without, when I was out and about, fled. People literally Fled, turned, and went away from him. Psalm 69. He said, I looked and there was nobody to pity me. There was no one to comfort me. Job said it this way in chapter 19, verse 14. He said, my kinsfolk failed me, my family. My familiar friends forgot, forgot me, my best friends. 
They that dwell in my house, people that live in my house, people on the payroll, count me as a stranger now. Act like they never knew me. They whom I loved turned against me. 2 Timothy 4, Paul was standing trial. And he said, at my first answer, my first trial, no man stood with me. All forsook me. You think about all the tens of thousands of people that helped the Apostle Paul. You imagine that lonely man on trial. He looked around. was nobody there. But I have a God who's everywhere all the time. He's with me. He's with you. He's omnipresent. Amen. And he's all powerful. And he's all knowing. Amen. I can't get away from him. He knows all about my problems. And he's big enough to handle them. Amen. You want to stay on track. You trust God like you did. When you didn't have a phone number to pick up. When there was nobody else. And all you had was God. You see friends. The tough times teach us how much we need Him. But the truth is, we need Him all the time. Some got off track, got back on in the tough times. Well, the way to stay on is just stay desperate all the time. Just need Him all the time. Just stay in His Word all the time. Just keep doing the same things all the time. Maybe by God's grace we can say with Paul, I finished well. Let's stand together. Father, we love you.